Ah, you obviously know Kung Fu. Hi, my name is Kung Lee, former Strike Force Middleweight Champion, star of Europe Raiders. This is a Kung Fu Drive In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. <laughs> Joining me tonight, MMA legend, actor, writer, producer, director, prominent MMA activist, returning for a second time, Kung Lee Kung. Thank you so much for taking some time out to come back to the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. You know what? Uh, thank you for having me back. It's great to be able to connect with these uh, news and media and updates for all the fans out there. And thank you for providing this for, for them. Oh, anytime. Uh, there's a, a lot of stuff that you've got going on, and uh, I am in touch with a lot of your fans. Fans from Into the Badlands, from Savage Dog, Europe Raiders, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But also, I talk to a lot of fans from your MMA days that uh, want to keep tabs on you. So we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, when we last spoke, you had a number of different projects going on, uh, and you have been really busy out east in China and Vietnam doing a bunch of things that you're, you're Instagram was full of all kinds of training pictures out in Saigon, uh, a lot of stuff for uh, a film that we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, how long were you out there and uh, how busy were you? The first time I went out there, it was like for 10 days and, you know, kind of crazy. Uh, I didn't realize the popularity uh, that I had out there. And I, I definitely know that's a, a great market for me. And it just didn't you know work out with the with tna so i went back because i was invited to be part of the legends fight league just as like a a fight analyst so i went out there and um um, i did my my job got to call some great fights some some up-and-coming chinese mma fighters did really well i was impressed with uh, you know how well-rounded some of the guys are getting and then from there i flew to shanghai did a couple meetings and then from shanghai i flew to vietnam and i, I was out there for 10 days and you know me and veronica Ngo, who's uh you know um the top actress in Vietnam, which is collaborating on my project, you know, the target and, you know, to see how we can work together and how she can help produce it in Vietnam. And, uh, you know, we're just working out all the little details. We had a little casting call out there, see the talent, see what's, uh, you know, what's going on out there. And, you know, a, a lot of great up and coming talent out up out there, you know? That's cool. Yeah, no, that's cool. Now, what uh, exactly is the film industry like in Vietnam? Is it burgeoning? Is it on the rise? What is it like for you, having worked in Hollywood already? How does it compare? Well, you know, of course, Hollywood and China, they're they're the top dogs. So, um, you know, Vietnam, they're still up and coming. And I think uh, it's starting to come along. I think the censorship for certain movies is a little bit tough, you know. It's just a matter of time. There's there's a lot of talent out there. So hopefully the government people that are in charge of it will start to realize that it's probably better whoever comes up with the right projects, right? Instead of having things that bring down the country, like talk about gangs or, or stuff like that, which, you know, a lot of it's like fake, you know, and made up. So it makes, you know, makes the economy looks bad. Um, so I think 
where I'm coming into it is like I'm I'm gonna play a Vietnamese agent, and you know there's been a lot of like stories about you know um, these agents that went to Germany and kidnapped someone who uh, pulled some stuff, uh, you know, embezzled some money and and then brought them back and did this on broad daylight, you know, so these are their top agents. So I kind of like spun on the story and made it my own. And actually my, my buddy uh, Channing said, Hey, you're always going to be that uh, Yakuza or triad that, you know, that, uh, will be the main villain, but you're always going to get killed or beat up, right? So, so <laughs> you you, you kind of got to do things yourself. And actually, you know, like after my fight career, you know, like the the guys out stepped up to help me, like you know, like uh, a Channing, like t- giving me advice. And then uh, of course, um, Daniel Wu was uh, like the first guy to be like, "Hey, Kong, I got something for you, but just hang tight." Um, I don't want to just give you any part. They're going to come up with something good. It could be this Abbott and, you know, um, just hang tight. And then, you know, I, I kind of like lost track of it. I figure out oh, a lot of people say that they want to have you part of the project. And all of a sudden, next thing I know, he calls me up and says, hey, you ready to come out? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So when, when do you have me come out? He's on next week. I'm like, holy crap. Okay, I'll, I'll be out there. <laughs> and then, you know, my character was supposed to, you know, die out in the first season. But, you know, I think I, I did a good enough job. They kept me along. And then, uh, the, you know, I was able to be part of the second season, which was which was awesome for me. And you know, I, I got a lot of experience. I got a chance to work with his whole team and Master Didi and, uh, you know, uh, um, just just a great group of guys. I, I got a chance to meet V Don out there, and he's actually going to be my director of photography. You know, in 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 my movie, and then you know, just it, it was a blessing, blessing in disguise. And you know, then you really know who your true friends are. You know, as you grow up, uh, come through the like the MMA, they, the, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, MMA fighters, so they they hang out with you. But then when when it's time to like you know, like hey, you're you, like you're retired, the, the guys I mentioned totally stepped up. You know, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I just actually had Vidan uh, as a guest on the show. What a great guy! Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I love him. He's he's actually like he's really cutting edge, and it's just a matter of time, you know, before he's going to direct his own big hundred million dollar movie. I'm I'm going to get him at the, his young stage and where he's going to EP it and edit it for me. So I'm I'm very excited about that. Very cool. And uh, just to uh, go back to what you're talking about, you're talking about Channing Tatum and uh, Daniel Wu from uh, your stint as an Abbott on Into the Badlands, which was a great role, by the way, uh, a great uh, character for uh, as long as you were on the show. Uh, that fight with you and Daniel Wu in the stairwell was awesome. So uh, congrats on that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the f- funny thing is right now, me and Daniel, we're, we're actually spinning on some ideas on, we're, we're talking uh, in talks right now about, him coming on as a like a like a special something you know in one of my projects and then we're gonna spin that off into kind of like something cool i i don't want to give it all away yet you know me and him we've been talking about this for a good three four months now and, and you know i think it's it's gonna be really cool for uh you know just the asian community and you know filmmaking for the asians because you know crazy rich asians did amazing and we're, we're so proud of you know what they did for for the asians and you know now now, now everyone's like you know in hollywood's like hey what other projects so well you know we got one coming for you guys oh that's awesome crazy rich asians was something great for the asian community i don't know uh if it's going to have an effect i hope it does uh, but you know i think with uh, other projects going on it's always good to know that there is a chance for the asian community to have that spotlight uh and do something cool with it so filmmakers like you and vidan and daniel wu it can 
bring something that is good representation for the Asian community. Yeah, I believe it all comes down to, you know, as you see, you know, uh, a lot of the American companies, they're they're going to China and they're looking for the investments and, you know, some of the projects out there, big stars attached to it and it just didn't do good. And, um, you know, and now I, I believe China is probably the most dominant market out there uh, as in box office. And, uh, you know, we're somewhat a close second now. So, um, and so Asia's they're up and coming, you know, like the, the Koreans, they're very diverse. They got, you know, the train to Busan and they got all the, you know, like um, a lot of great filmmakers out there. And then, you know, the Ray came out of Indonesia and all those guys just kicking ass. So instead of everyone like being in their little, Hey, we're the, you know, the Japanese filmmakers or the Korean filmmakers or the Chinese filmmaker as a one, we're all Asians. We all fall under the same umbrella. And as one, we would dominate the whole world. But, you know, um, until we get that through our heads and support, doesn't matter what nationality or what race or what part of Asia you're from, just support it all, support everything, you know. And I think that will help the industry grow even more, especially in Asia. And it's just a matter of time. Well, speaking of great Asian talent that you've worked with. One of your recent projects, it released, I believe, in August here in the U.S., but uh, you worked with Jingle Ma uh, for Europe Raiders. Tell me about that project. Uh, yeah, Europe Raiders, it was, um, you know, I got a chance to work with uh, Wong Kar Wai before and Jackie Pan, who became the producer on this. They came on and they took over the project. And, um, you know, like for me, I, I was like, ah, uh, you know, um, I'm not sure how many people watched it yet, but, uh, I was asking, I was telling my agent, ah, can you tell, can you ask them, uh, you know, not to have me like some bad guy again? Cause I'm trying to not like every single role be a bad guy. So, you know, Wong Kar Wai, I was like, I felt like on set, I was like one of those guys that I'm the first one there, the last to leave. No one can outwork me. Maybe Wu Ping, you know, um, <laughs> but, uh, but I was like the grinder out there. I was like, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. And they're like, no, 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 too dangerous. Like, no, I will do it. You know, so. I, I think my reputation um, speaks for itself as on Into the Badlands. I'm the only one on the cast list. So there, there's 10 actors. There's nine stunt guys because I did everything myself. And, uh, you know, I, I believe I have most of the call sheets in, in email somewhere. And literally, there was not even a stand-in for me. I, like, did it all. And by the end, I was like, oh, my God, where's my stand-in? Where's uh? Because I was, like, exhausted. Um, so, you know, I, respect to all those those stunt guys and even the stand-in because when I was just standing there, I was like, oh, my God, can't we just put someone else in my boots since you're just because you know, I'm exhausted. But um, it, it was fun. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys, you know, if they need me to do it, I'll do it. So um, uh, I, I, I got all kinds of crazy stories about, you know, fighting over stunts, you know, so um you know, it's it, it's been a, it's been a good journey, and it, I think it's right now for me it's starting again because now the market is changing, right? So now it's not about all about the studios and control of everything. It's like there's there's a little bit more of like a free market with uh, you know streaming with uh, a content war going on with yeah. 
Disney pulling all the content from Netflix and 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 all the other streaming companies out there because they're going to do their own. So all of a sudden, Netflix is like, we're going to throw in twelve billion dollars in it. Like Amazon, we'll throw in another five billion. So now you know things are happening, and you know it's it's not dependent on you know like holding your breath and praying to God if if your 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 project gets picked up by a Universal or by a you know Warner Brothers. You know it's like hey you know there's all kinds of options. There's so many different markets now. There's all these independent filmmakers. You know it's it's coming together for the filmmakers. Yeah, it's got to be a good time for filmmakers, uh, especially uh, indie filmmakers who, you know, not too long ago were just kind of hoping to be noticed by the big studios. But in today's market where you have things like Facebook Watch and YouTube Red and, like you said, Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and, and all these other guys that are willing to take original projects on board and develop them, filmmakers now really have their choice uh, of where to go and where to take their projects. And if, if uh, one of the big studios says, you know, we're not going to put the money behind that, well, they're not the only game in town now, right? Totally. You know, um, now there's other vehicles, you know, it's, and, and it's kind of like, in a way, it's kind of happening for MMA, you know, with Bellator, with Scott Coker. Um, and, you know, it's, it's like now fighters have room to negotiate. Right. And we have our group, uh, MMAFA, pushing for, for the Ollie Act from boxing to MMA. And we have over 60, you know, congressmen that have sponsored the bill. Right. And for boxing, they only have 16. So I, I, I think it's a matter of time. And it's, it's like a yin and yang balance. Right. It's happening in the movie world, the movie and the fight world now. So. I think the biggest thing is it's all about the talent. Right. Because when, when it comes to the fighting of course the coaches help so much but the fighters are the only one out there so in the mma world if it wasn't for the fighters then the promoters will go out of business because they don't have any good fighters and then they'll be bankrupt until they they find that right guy or that right girl or the right stable of fighters and to match up you know fights with each other but in boxing you know they don't have to worry about that whoever's at the top they can bid for that's called pre-market, right? So one one promoter can outbid the other promoter. And the great thing about the boxing, uh, the Ollie Act, is if I went to a promoter, if you're like one of the promoters, and I, if I'm negotiating a cold main event or whatever, I get to see your books to see, oh, you know, this is what you made on a fighter of my caliber. So I can negotiate better for myself. Right. So and now when it comes for me fighting for you like the third or fourth time and maybe you made a whole bunch of money the first time and you're still trying to negotiate, you know, the same deal or just a little bit more. But I said, hey, I want to see the books and you're obligated to show me what I did on pay-per-view the that that time I fought for you. And I'm like, hey, now I want to negotiate on these numbers. Right. So um, it's different. It's different in the movie world because. It's not one actor. It's a whole bunch of actors, and it's the, the director, the DP. It's a whole team. So, you know, um, but one thing about that is, like, other people can put a whole team together and make their own movie and sell their own movie, and there's a lot of avenues to go to. So it's like now it's like a big group and an individual fighter. So it is that true yin and yang balance, and, and it's all coming 
together now because without the filmmakers, the studios got no one. The studios got nothing to fund, you know, except, you know, the big massive projects. That's if it's a, a hit, great. If it's not, it could bankrupt them. Right. Yeah. Now, speaking of those groups, uh, you got involved a little while ago with a, a tactical supply group, Evoke Tactical. And uh, somewhere along the line, I think that evolved into the Evoke Entertainment Group. Am I getting that wrong or is that is that how it happened? Yeah. Um, you know, Evoke Tactical, they have, they have Bat Tactical. They, they print shirts. They have an apparel brand and the shirts glow in the dark. And, you know, they're, they're very well connected. And at the same time, they they give back to the community. So um, me getting involved with them, I pushed them into the you know like into the civilian market and where they were doing government contracts. Now they're doing stuff for the civilians, and it's it's an <clears throat> like a newer market uh, approach. So we're just going slow, and then they're they're two brothers, and then uh, like like a partner, right? Dennis Ho and and uh, and, and Norman Ho. They're they're hardworking guys, very smart, very very intelligent, and you know they they saw my vision. And they're like, how can we help? So we just started collaborating, and they're they're gonna be the ones that will help with you know like the bringing in the the, the right special force guys, the right you know like uh, SWAT trainers or whoever is like top notch out there, and then um, and then just putting together the team, and then they have a whole staff that you know I can you know um, delegate some work to. So it's 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 a great uh, partnership. That's cool, and they are behind the target with you, or is that is that another group? They are behind um, the target with me. Um, okay. You know, um, uh, right now, I'm actually in talks with uh, Daniel Wu. He's, you know, probably going to come on as like an yeah, executive producer. We're we're in talks about that, and um, you know, so I'm giving you guys a little, uh, you know, info out there that uh, no one knows about yet. Because me and it, we're just still in like we're we're in talks right now, but we're we're friends, so we're we talk about it, and you know, there's a lot more to how we're going to develop something together and then and, and spin it off. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited about that and just, just a lot of things. And also like Russell Peters, right. He's been a long time friend of mine. Um, and, and, you know, he's like, Hey, whatever you need, let me know. So yeah, I, I got, I kind of wrote him in and, you know, it's, it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. To uh, being able to write a whole script, um, uh, which this is like my third script, and and now it's starting to really come together, and then I, I actually got just like a really solid team from. Um, you know, the Evoke Tactical. And, and there's a lot of guys out there. There's other guys, you know, like uh, Zev Technologies. I got, you know, I've trained with Taryn Butler, who trains, uh, you know, Ke- uh, Kiana for John Wick. Uh, you know, it just, it just everyone who's basically supported me um, coming on. And I, I got, you know, it's it, it, it's just crazy how, how like everything is just coming together where I met this, this guy, David G. He's like, he's one of those guys who, who knows about investing and um, the journey is just moving along. And of course you always hit the rough patches, but you, you, you plow right through it and you keep going. And and they think you know you're um, you're going to be making a movie soon. That's cool. So to to the audience out there, some potentially exclusive information there. Now take it with a grain of salt because we don't know where it's going to go. But uh, Kung, yeah. Kung Lee let a little bit slip, so that's very cool. <laughs> Remember, everyone, I'm just in talks right now. <laughs> so there you have it. You know, very and cool. you know, like just to be able to have a meeting where someone's very interested in, and it's kind of, it's kind of cool. So yeah, that's awesome. Now the target is a Vietnamese production, uh, co-production, 
co-production. Okay. If we end up working with uh, Studio 68, uh, you know, and I think we probably will, um, between my, my group and uh, Veronica's group, or if, if, you know, for some reason that doesn't work out, then we have, there's so many different uh, filmmakers out there that are very hungry, you know, so um, you know, there's also like, the, you know, Dustin Nguyen is out there. There's, there's just a lot of great filmmakers out there. So, you know, it's not like we're stuck on one path oh no if we don't get this person we you know get stuck you know there's there's plenty to choose from so um but of course you know studio 68 veronica she's one of the top dogs out there so you know i'm, I'm just excited that eventually i'll be able to work with all of them because you know i want to help the vitabees and the asian film market you know have that next level uh, action star uh, and i think how i wrote the character um that i'll be portraying is uh you know uh he's just just that person that has every feeling that you know everyone else has you know and he's not like He's vulnerable in in moments, and you know he in his path. You know he's uh, dedicated to you know his job, but at the same time, you know all he has left is his mom. So he's kind of like married to his job, but you know the mom's always like, "Hey, I want grandkids." You know, and then <laughs> he's got a mad crush for his his partner, but because they're Asian and they work for the government, they can't, you know, hook up. So there's always that tension. So I, I think it's going to be fun. And, you know, some, some really funny parts and some really, it's, it's a great character that I got a chance to develop myself in. And I, I tell you this, now that I'm going to be in control of the action and <clears throat> what I can do physically, and I'm just kind of, I'm that I'm that physical kind of guy, and you know, I'm I'm pretty athletic for an Asian, uh, and my martial arts at, is at a high level. I'm I'm gonna blow some minds, and my tactical, uh, you know, watch out. So it's it's gonna be like people are gonna be like, holy shit! Uh, excuse my Vietnamese, but yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> crazy. That's cool. No, that's cool. Yeah, um, let, let's let's talk a little bit more about the target here because so it's a Vietnamese co-production. Um, as a Vietnamese guy yourself, is there a, a sense of pride that you're doing something with the motherland? Definitely, it, there's a huge pride element to it. You know, not just that I'm going to portray a Vietnamese agent, right? But I'm an Asian that is going to take down a very powerful syndicate you know boss and or at least attempt to and and then when things fell apart now i now i'm the target right so it's and 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 of course you know my partner's the target and we become targets and you know how things can change from you know uh, you pursuing something and now it's backfiring in your face and then just all kinds of twists and turns you know for this uh this this project is it's great you know so i really put a lot of effort into it to make it enjoyable to make it you know powerful and at the same time you know there's your comedic breaks and um i, I guarantee you martial arts and the guns and the knives and the 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 dropping people on their heads and we'll be <laughs> at another level cool now you did write this are you directing as well I had a few directors in mind, but the vision and the, the the mindset wasn't the same. You know, not a lot of guys are understanding about, you know, like how 
true tactical is, right? And how real martial arts is, like a martial artist, how he would carry himself. <clears throat> so it was all about the character development. Um, if anything, you know, I, I, I have a lot of great help, but, you know, I, I'm, I got some people in mind uh, to direct or if I have to step in and co-direct or if I have to do it myself, I will make this happen no matter what. I'm prepared to do whatever. I just don't want to put too much on my plate, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that character is very demanding already. So, you know, Sam Look is uh, he, he's he's a well-known um, stunt and fight coordinator. He's he did all the action in the raid, but they didn't cut it right, right? So um, I saw the, his real cut different day and night, right? So you know, sometimes when we we what what we previous is what we're gonna put on screen. Very cool. All right, so the character that you've written. I read somewhere this is inspired by true events. Is that true? It is true. You know, there's a, like I said, there's a group of agents that went to um, Germany and then uh, uh, brought back uh, someone who embezzled money out of Vietnam. And they, they took them back in broad daylight. And, uh, you know, the German government were really upset about that because they came in unannounced and they left and they, they pulled it off. So that's huge. You know, German... They're no joke. They 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 got some power. They they have some high level security and and technology. And you know us us Asians kind of you know went in and you know pulled pulled a quick ninja on them. It's kind of cool. And um, in China there was a I guess uh, a former government guy who somehow he felt like he could get out of the country with some uh, a huge amount of money, and then his uh, mistress. Uh, uh, went over to Vietnam first, and then the Chinese and the Vietnamese teamed up and captured them. You know, there's so there's all kinds of stuff that um, I was able to pull and put into this uh, project to make it based on true events. Cool, very cool. And your character is Man. Well, it's, uh, yeah, that's his name, but it's like you know, he'll be like Agent Lee. Gotcha. So tell me about the character. What what are you bringing to this character? This character. Um, as as a, a young baby lost his father, who was probably going to be the youngest general in the Vietnamese army. But you know, um, I can't give away everything. But the the, the mom ends up taking him him to the states, and um, he was raised by a high level American GI uh, because the, the the sister of the brother ended up marrying you know uh, American GI kind of true events. A lot a lot of that happens. As a as a senior, he wants to go back to Vietnam and join the military, and you know, take out, follow his dad's footstep. This is all based on narration, and then, and as he goes back, he uh, he climbs through the ranks and just you know dominates everything, and uh, you know that that guy who's who is the first one in, the last to leave, and he gets recruited by the uh, the intelligence um, force of, uh, you know, the Vietnamese government, and so he joins them up, and then they send him, and that's where he meets, meets the character Anna, and they get, when they get sent out of the country or they do jobs, they, they, they go into another country as like a husband and wife team. You know, and so there's there's that that tension, right? The hookup tension, but that never happens. No, don't so, give that away. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't worry. I know what to give away and what not. So okay, cool. <laughs> you know, it could be like a, like a trap for you guys too. Oh, well, it's not going to happen, or it does happen, or it doesn't happen. <laughs> so um, 
and and then so you know they're 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 the one two punch of 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 like the Vietnam men and but like the, my my character is that guy who just um, you know he goes hands on and the 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 Anna characters like the sniper the sharpshooter um, you know the 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 weapons kind of type of like element and me I'm just a physical guy kind of like you know in Casino Royale where that parkour guy was just running in. in through the park lot, jumping over the fence, and uh, Daniel Craig was running through the walls. Like my characters can be a lot smoother than that, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't need to hop over a fence. I'll just go through it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Two hundred pound, five uh, ten uh, Asian dude, just you know, smashing things. But of course, he has his, uh, you know, uh, soft spot for his mom, and you know, he's not. He's, you know, if he, if he meets uh, an expert in something, he's gonna have to use his mind to beat that guy. It's a multi-dimensional character, not just a, a cookie cutter kind of character. No, yeah, he's he's very sharp and 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 has to use his wit and his smarts to um, beat some of these guys. Just because, you know, for me, for me as uh, like a like a fan, when I watch movies, I can't stand when. You know, someone takes out 20 guys and they walk out without even breaking a sweat. They, you know, <laughs> I, I, I grapple for or, or spar for 20 minutes. I'm completely dripping in sweat. And, you know, this guy should be the same. If he, if he, if he got done fighting 20 guys, he should be like, you can't even see and recognize him because his face is so banged up. And he's walking out and he's dripping and he's dripping in blood and sweat. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's one of those guys, and he feels pain, and and you know, and he doesn't want to show it, especially when the girl's around. But when she leaves, he's one of those guys. <laughs> oh, fuck, that hurts so bad. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's cool. You're clearly uh, super excited about this project, which is great. Uh, and you're in pre-production now. How how fast are things rolling? Are are you taking your time on purpose, or? Well, things have been already going, but you know, like. It didn't work out with TNA, and so we had a recast. And I'm very picky, and you know, um, you know, the, like the co-stars got to be the right person, the right, you know, have the right elements. And you know, we're we're very close right now. So, you know, it's it's been a it's been a process because you know, uh, the, the the characters got to be able to speak Vietnamese and English and be a little bit what somewhat physical, right? Um, you know, and if she can't do certain things, we'll have a good stud double for her. But now, when you uh, when you talk about TNA, that's uh, Trong Ok An. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, whatever happened, uh, it's so uh, that, that that didn't work out. So you're recasting her, yeah. Uh, and everything else is moving along as as it goes. Uh, obviously, you're not trying to rush anything. No, I, I think when you rush things, um, then then you're rushing the project. And um, of course, you're burning money, but we want to do it right um, because here's my opportunity. I'm not going to just jump and do it and uh, just to do it right. I want to plan everything out. You know, um, I showed a little bit of the uh, just a, like a fun previous day. That's not even what we would even do in the movie. But uh, trust me, the element of the combat. I've talked to some real live guys that. Like it, like in a real gunfight, things that happen. We're gonna try to come close to that and actually use some of that element because they can't even talk about it, right? So, um, yeah, I, I get to use some of their like real experiences and put their experiences into the movie in in one of the fight scenes, you know. So it's kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, you've never been one to shy away from any of the physical work, so I'm sure that's gonna look as authentic as possible. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, like, yeah, there, there can be only like one or two guys in the world who can stunt double me, and maybe they can do uh, some, uh, you know, uh, some seven twenties that I can't do, right? But I don't need to do a seven twenty kick because how many times has that been done, right? But like, <laughs> like, just like, like I said, I think uh, what's going to be different is my physicality, the the way I move, the way I kick, the way I punch, the way I engage with the gun from, you know, a, a rifle to a handgun to even a shotgun or to, you know, weapons and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's going to be dynamic and, you know, like taking shots where if you're really hitting the person and it hits in the right spot, it should be game over, you know? Yeah. You sound like you have a really discerning eye for, tactical work for gun work what do you think of a movie like john wick uh, does that satisfy you with the the work that you see on screen of course john wick inspires me you know but uh i, I just love that character you know and um I, I think for part two they just added the body count and they left out a little bit of the you know the character for john wick right so in part one i was so engaged in the character i was like oh man his dog his wife is man i'm just like feeling for this guy in part two i'm like man you love this car so much, but you you wrecked it. How could you? <laughs> <laughs> right? Because, like, for me, like, I come to my truck, and even though I had it 10 years, I kept it. And, like, like the best, it's like a Sequoia, like, like the like limited limited edition. And I get a little scratch. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I got to go get it touched up, right? And, you know, like, you know, but, you know, it's, it's movie making, but I'm just saying, if I was John Wick or if I was, uh, you know, um, creating that scene, I would be like, okay, I'm going to jump in the other car. <laughs> Kiss the car and smash another car and limp back to, to my car, you know, and uh, and and kind of like pull a Band-Aid out of uh, the glove compartment to stop a bleeding over my eyebrow or something. <laughs> I think that yeah. would be a, a little bit more like how I would roll with it. And, you know, it's, it's just like John Wick's so smart. Look how smart he was in part one, right? And and he was such a you know, that person that you wanted to get behind, him and and all of a sudden uh, he knows that this guy's gonna come, and 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 if he doesn't take the job, they're gonna fuck his house up, and all of a sudden now his house is blown up. You know, at least like tell the guy that you're gonna take the job and get to his sister and say, hey, your brother wants to kill you, and now I have to kill you. So what are we gonna do about this? <laughs> Made the character more intelligent than you know just. That's just me, but, but I love, I love, I think they took gun work and the tactical stuff to a next level and all, all because of Taron Butler, who's a Taron tactical, right? Yeah. Taron tactical. So, you know, like as a filmmaker and being creative, right. For me, when, when I think, how would I do this better? So I can make my project better. So I just always. Um, look at the film in its in its whole, you know, for for the whole of the movie. But then, how would I would develop that character? How if I was that character, what would I do, right? So, you know, it, I put myself in that 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 person and, or or in 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 that moment, and uh, you know, like like for me and being able to work with uh, some really high level guys, some really high level tactical guys. You know, these guys think in on a different level and you know someone like uh, a john wick who's a professional killer and who's like the best and the top of his game he would be thinking at a higher level that for me how i would develop you know the character so that's what you you will get in agent lee very smart intelligent like holy shit if i did this this might happen 
but man, she looks good, right? So, yes, he's human, right? So, I want her so bad, but I can't have her. Please, God, please help me. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that I appreciated in, in John Wick, and me being not at all knowledgeable about guns whatsoever, but uh, the angles that he took when he shot, and knowing the the actual count of bullets when when you know when that when that gun runs out, uh, that was it. It's not like uh, some of those gunfights from the uh, 80s and 90s action uh, movies where they just never ran out of bullets, right? But, you know, he would uh, he would go for a leg to disable and then go in for the kill. And uh, if it was seven shots, that's it. After seven, he had to go find another gun. So that those small details uh, made me appreciate that these guys were at least trying to make it as real as possible. Don't get me wrong. The action was amazing, right? But I'm just saying, like, Look at the character in part one and look at the character in part two, right? You know, maybe he's just too much, uh, too much uh, on his mind and from losing his wife and everything, maybe that his thought process is that, that he's not that focused, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move to uh, something that you uh, have put some focus on. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but uh, your a vocal advocate for MMA fighters with the Ali Act, which you touched on earlier. Um, give me a little bit of background on why you feel that it's really important to implement this in the UFC. And was there one event or, or one specific uh, thing that happened that uh, made you decide that, that you were going to put your uh, efforts fully behind getting this done for the MMA world? This is not just for the MMA world, really. Um, this is for the MMA fighters, right? So I figure, you know, I, I still had two fights left on my contract, which should have been already done, but... From an 18-month contract, six-fight deal, it dragged out to five years because every time I got injured, they would extend my contract for six months. Even though my injury would take me two months or three months to recover, I still have, you know, three months tacked on, right? So, um, and, you know, sometimes out of the blue, all of a sudden, there's just like, oh, tack on six more months. So, I think I, get, I got kids, Right. And if they want to one day test the waters and all of a sudden they explode onto the scene, I would want them to have the same option as the as the boxers. Right. So I think the Ali Act is so key for the fighters. A lot of fighters don't know about this. A lot of fighters think like, hey, I just got to put food on the table while, you know, the UFC rapes (laughs) or, or like you know, is yeah, sure. They're putting money on the table, but like without you. Without the fighters standing together, uh, to together, they, they're controlling all of them, you know. And there's only like not even a, a handful of guys that's commanding the the right amount of money. It's just only really right now. It's like uh, McGregor; he's the only guy because he now he's protected by the Ali Act, right? He can negotiate every single one of his fights now because he went into boxing. And I know his manager, very smart guy. So every time he fights, he 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 does a whole new renegotiation, right? I'm sure that this this deal that he, when he fought Khabib wasn't part of his six fight deal. He renegotiated his deal on this. Why? Because he has he right now has Ali Act protecting him because he fought in boxing. So until that happens, I suggest all them MMA fighters do a boxing fight. Sign up, get. Licensed as, as a boxer, and uh, you, you'll be protected by the Ali Act. So is it just a case of these MMA fighters, these new, young, up-and-coming MMA fighters, just not knowing what their options are? Yes, 
and they're so excited. Wow, I'm going to be a UFC fighter. I'm signing on. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's just sad. It's, it's um, you know, I, I posted a few things on my Instagram story and on Twitter. Um, I, I forget the fighter's name. She she had to sell some of her UFC apparel to make ends meet. Yes, I read that. That was heartbreaking. Yeah, I was so like, you know, there's a lot of those things that happen, you know. And, and just imagine this, right? You're a fighter. You go through an eight-week camp. The week of the fight, something happens, and you can't make it to the fight because you're injured. They're not going to pay you. you. You're already out of the pocket because you're paying for your trainers, your your food, your meals. You know, of course, you have to pay for food anyways. But now your your diet's different. Your training, you got to pay for your trainers. You know, whether they're they're already in your town or you're flying them in. You know, it's it's different. So if you get injured, you're done. You know, it's like, you know, it, it just sucks, sucks, sucks for these fighters. Yeah, they, they don't have free market. The UFC owns their likeness. And, uh, you know, it just really it sucks. Yeah. Look up all the stuff that the Ollie Act protects. And if we, if the MMA fighters had that and had the knowledge of that, they should already all sign on. And we're actually having an event um, to in Vegas uh, de- uh, the first week of December and we're gonna be there to talk about this and I'd love to invite you to be part and, and it, like interview some of the fighters you know um, oh, that'd be great yeah so it, it all comes down to letting everyone know because eventually what's gonna happen is this is not for the all yak now now this is that the, the, the lawsuit against UFC but if we win the lawsuit when we win the lawsuit, all the fighters on from a certain date to now will get back paid for what they should have been paid. Wow, that's a huge, huge yeah. deal. So that is our lawsuit against the UFC for class, uh, for our likeness, and for of course, you know, we need that fair market, you know, and and you know, there's gonna there's a lot of things are gonna change. Um, when the Ollie Act comes in and in what, uh, this lawsuit, of course, you know, it's, it, it goes to trial, you know, we, you know, there's always the jury that we have to deal with, right? But w- right now we are in a good position. That's all I can say. But all the fighters need to be educated because they're going to get a petition, whether they're in or they're out. And they're, I'm sure somehow, the wording on that's going to scare them to death and they're going to be like, I opt out. Well, when you opt out, you just opt out of everything. If we win the case, you don't get shit. But we, 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 we need all the fighters to understand about this. And look at some of the fighters now. They're like, screw that. I'm, I'm, I'm cutting my own deal. You know, uh, I like what Diaz is doing. Hey, I'm going to make my own division. 165. And then, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> His opponent was, you know, agreeing to that too. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, those because the fighters have their own voice, they should be able to be like, "Hey, I'm I'm the one paying you, the UFC. The people don't pay the UFC to watch the the the, the guys in the suit do anything. They don't care about those dudes. You know, they care about those guys that fucking strap on the gloves or put in the mouthpiece and put on the cup and goes out there and." puts everything, their face, their body, their ligaments, you know, their life on the line. The fans are watching them, not the UFC. They're watching these fighters fight in the UFC. And a lot of fighters don't get that, and a lot of fans still don't get that because some of the fans still get mad at, oh, 
you should be grateful that you have the UFC. No, the UFC should be grateful they have us as fighters or they right, or, right. You know UFC. You know, so the fans, some of the fans, you guys got the wrong, you know, you got the wrong mindset here. You, you got to support the fighters without, you're watching the fighters. You're not watching UFC. UFC is just a name. You, you can, these fighters can all go to Bellator and, and, and you'll, you'll follow yeah. them. Now, speaking of that, now you mentioned Bellator. Are there other MMA promotion systems out there that you think are actually doing it the right way? All the contracts seem the are all the same, right? All the, because it's industry standards, right? But here's the difference. You're in the UFC. You break your contract. You're 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 dealing with a 400 pound gorilla, right? You're in king of the cage. You're in whatever. You 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 say, hey, screw this. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it till I get what I want. They're not gonna go and sue you. They need you. They'll be like, okay. And one thing about Scott Coker for Bellator, he's fair. He's paying the fighters what he could pay them. It's not like they're racking in the pay-per-view. He's actually, you know, he's he, he's trying to do the best he could do. Sure, he's signing them to the same contract as everyone else. But, you know, I'll tell you right now, if, if there's a fighter, or a high-profile fighter that says, hey, I want a better deal, they're going to negotiate. That's what I – I know about Scott Cooper. Right. So it's a, a case of the guys running the system appreciating what they have in the fighters. Yeah. Now, um, what has the response been from the fight community to uh, your efforts? You know, like when, when we first started out, there's a lot of guys that were fighting for the UFC. I won't mention any names, but they would high five me or like secretly ninja five me and say thank you. <laughs> Right. So I, I put a lot on the line when I joined this up, you know, of course, I'm sure there's been some blocks or whatever the case is. And they're like, you know, you know, let's let's, you know, let's make his life difficult or whatever the case is, because, you know, it's, it's not it, look, it's, it's a group of guys doing it. But when you look at the court case, I when I, as soon as I came on this, it moved forward. It, it's Kung Lee and the group of guys that are behind this this case. John Fitch, Brandon Vera, you know, Nate Corey, um, you know, Carlos Newton was like a, like kind of like the guy who sparked this all, um, you know, Rob Macy's the, you know, the, the guy who's, who put it all together, you know, and, you know, because of us guys um, and me finally stepping on and making, helping this, this lawsuit and all the firms that are behind us, Say okay, let's do this. Let's go. Let's go. So, you know, uh, when this goes down, I'm. I, I can honestly say I'm excited to make history because I, I I'm I'm doing something very positive for the fighters, for my kids one day they want to fight, and for all the fighters' kids one day. And and, and this is like a like a two pronged attack, uh, but different groups, right? Which is. If the Act goes through, helps our case. The case goes uh, when we win this case, it helps the Act. But we in the Ali Act, there's already a sixty uh, sponsorship, so it, it's just it's just a matter of time. We just got to have the fighters believe in it and get behind it, and you know, and the fans too. The fans make the world a difference. You guys pay our, you know, you guys are the one who's paying us. Without you guys, there's no there. We will be broke, and we'll be like working in God knows. Yeah. Now, for the fans uh, that may not know about this, how do they separate the fact from the fiction when they're 
you know, reading one side or the other on uh, on who says what and who's doing what and who's right and who's wrong. Where, where is a good place for them to go to get the real deal? Uh, MMAFA. Rob's been doing this for over 10 years. I for, for me, I believe that Rob Macy is doing it. He's been doing it from the beginning and his heart's in the right place. I don't know where the the other groups are coming up. Why why are they doing it? All of a sudden, they want to get on, and there's a, a way to make themselves money. No, we're we're about making something happen for the fighters here. So now, uh, tell me then, what causes you more stress? All of this stuff with the MMA, or or all the stuff that's going on with the filmmaking? Life, life, <laughs> stress. You know, um, I. Uh, uh, you know, it's just, you know, there's, there's just, there's just a lot on my plate. You know, there's, um, you know, be, being a dad and making the right decisions for my kids and being the husband, being the friend. And, you know, and I think the most important thing for me is like making sure my kids are, you know, are able to, you know, have a roof over their head and have some good food and, you know, uh, and some clothes that their friends won't, um, you know, make fun of them. So, you know, <laughs> it's, just, it's all about providing. Right. And then and then 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 the second part, you know, making history, making getting to do what I love. And, and you know, even though the fight, I can't fight anymore. You know, there, you know, you get to a certain age and, you know, you, you're good for one round. Yeah. If it's a one round fight, let's bring it. You know, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a different story. But uh, I feel like it's a natural this this filming uh, this entertainment world, part of the world, is coming. You know, like like I have a natural skill set for it, and and uh, I love it with a passion. And just like when I when when I was fighting, I still love the fight game. I miss it so much, but at the same time, I got this new passion. And 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 in order to be the best, I'm you know putting in the hours and the time, and and then every movie set I go to, I'm always picking the director's um, mind, and they're always like, "Go rest, go rest." I'm like, "I'll rest." Dad, you know, let's let's learn seafood. <laughs> yeah, you know, your passion is is always very evident, especially in the uh, the time that you put in in the ring. You know, you don't fight, but you're in the ring every day. Uh, judging by your Instagram, uh, you know, you're sweating it out and and uh, throwing those punches. Now, uh, for one question about that, have you knocked that punching block off of the pole yet? No, you know that pole will not give up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I feel like if they stop tightening up the bolts, uh, that pole, that, that block would have been broken. The steel would have broke off of it. But like, like, well, not the steel, but the bolt, the bolt would have broke. Like, I've broken a, a couple of those bags in there. Uh, of course, I, I've had some help with all the classes, all the students, and all the fighters kicking on it. And then when I come in, I kick it. The, the like the. The, the eye bolt breaks off, right? I'm like, yeah, that's the power. But yeah, there's you know, a, a lot of the wear and tear to it too, you know. But uh, but you know, I, I I know I still got the power. You know, it's that that it's the you know people say is that the that that man strength, right? You get to a certain age, you got that like man strength. It's true, you know. It's like, well, I'm kicking steel off the fucking eye bolt, you know. So. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Um, so filmmaking, uh, still fighting it in the ring. You've got uh, all of the uh, MMA advocacy that you're doing. Um, you're obviously busy. Uh, where can my audience go to follow along with every aspect of everything that you got going on? Go and go through it carefully so that that my audience can can list it all down and follow you. Um, 
Instagram, uh, you know, my handle is Kung Lee, C-U-N-G-185. And uh, same thing with uh, with uh, Twitter. And in Facebook, it's just Kung Lee. And then if you're Chinese and in China and you have Weibo, it's Kung Lee. You know, and for your business, you know, the businessmen out there, you know, I'm also on LinkedIn and too much social media is crazy. I, I definitely thank thank you, Al Capone, for helping me with all my social media, because, you know, it's, it's you know, you want to get to every fan. You want to answer every question. You want to like every single post except the ones who are the keyboard warriors. Right. Um yeah, so I just do the best I could, and I, I get on there and I uh, randomly talk to the fans, and you know, and sometimes people private message me, and then uh, you know, if it's really important, and I see that it might affect and help their lives, and helping them get back on, you know, get out of whether it's depression or whatever it is, I I, I would actually try to answer some of that, but then you know, there's some. You know, silly questions, you know, like, you know, how would you do against Bruce Lee? I just delete, <laughs> delete, you know, like. Right, right, right. And then for the uh, MMA advocacy, where you uh, said MMAFA.TV, is that correct? Uh, it's just MMAFA, hashtag them, and you, you'll find them. They're on Twitter. Um, they're, not on, uh, they're not on Instagram, but I believe they're on Facebook. They're on Facebook and Twitter. So MMAFA. You know, and uh, yeah, we're we are we are chucking along. All lies in that to push the Ali Act, and and then of course there's that separate case to the, the case against the UFC. So support us, you know. And you know, I, I gotta get a sh- shout out to uh, Mark Wayne Molin, who was the first guy to sponsor the bill. Thank you, and soon the congratulations will come through when we win this and when the Ali Act gets pushed through it's going to be different for the fighters and you're going to see a lot more awesome fights because now all of a sudden you you can match the one fc champion the double champion like uh, uh you know um a mark nguyen uh double champion over there he's going to act after the three belt he can fight against you know like the bellator or the like the or the ufc champ because it, it, it's it's you know there's gonna be open market they promoters can bid for for the fights now very nice so all of the mma fans out there that want to get educated about what kung lee and uh, this whole crew is doing for the fighters that you guys are so intent on watching and supporting uh so stay educated with mma fa and for all of the fans of kung lee's film work uh you follow him on instagram uh facebook twitter uh he posts stuff all the time uh and uh the target is uh what we'll be looking out for next europe raiders is available now uh so go check that out as well and um kung lee thank you so much for coming back on it's always always great to hear what you got working and best of luck with everything you got going on man oh thank you and also i will be starting on my youtube page it's like a father and son workout oh awesome and it could be it could be a mother and son mother and daughter you know i'm gonna Put up some drills because you know like i feel that what i've done with my kids it's actually kept a really strong bond by me working them out but at the same time when i'm working them out i want to get a little workout out of it myself so i'm kind of you know 
killing two birds with one stone. So if they're working out, I'm able to work out. So, you know, I get a little sweat on it. And plus that that's bonding time with my kids. And, uh, you know, look for that on my you know, on my YouTube page coming up very soon. I, I just recorded my first video. I just got to download it and send it to uh, send it to Al Capone. <laughs> very cool. All right. So now he's got a YouTube channel too. And listen, I've seen your son's workout. Uh, it won't be long before they're tossing you around, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so. They're not, they're not <laughs> my job, right? So <laughs> Very cool. Again, Kung Lee, thank you so much for taking some time out and best of luck with everything you got going on. Stay busy, stay hungry and uh, and keep killing it out there. Thank you very much. Thank you for the interview and uh, say bye to all my fans and all the fans of MMA and Kung Fu movies and martial arts movie and action movies. Thank you for all your support. Even though you don't support me, I still love you. Thank you. Much thanks to Kung Lee for returning to the show. He's got a lot on his plate and I wish him the best. If you're a fan, go show your support by checking him out on all his socials. And for all you MMA fans, get yourself some education by checking out MMAFA on Twitter and show some love and support to those fighters who thrill you in the ring. And thanks to, to Al Capone for setting up this interview. I'm going to need to talk to you about grabbing some of those fighters for that powwow out in Vegas. Meanwhile, come and visit me on all my socials as well. All those links are in the show notes. And while you're cruising the interwebs, head on over to Twitter and check out my fellow podcasters at the hashtag Castaways. Many of these shows are on my must-listen list, so go ahead and give them a check. Until next time, Poison Clan, peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. Some action, drink a little wine and get drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine and get drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws I see the iron fisted bunk from the daily prayers Shouting monks on their hands, running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee Khan, now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless Aida roaming over the land Yeah, the little big soldier is older and wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to great jars Fight for the cars, then pause, hear the applause Not again, back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good, but all don't hit back Yeah the death jewels here Derrick is coming back The Tai Chi master Jelly's even faster Could chat a little drink Because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine But see Maggie show his spine Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies Will the hero we survive We've got the brave archer Make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight May as well pick a spot Yeah the sky goes black Cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying To kill them all So stand back He plays the black magic On the soul of the sword and our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin and Mantis style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's warm, we smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. 
this town is war We smash the place up with a dragon claw See it's a game of death yo You're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun Assassin slashing blood of just drip drop The head kick neck drop Balance the bone stop Wanna kill Bill better get the assassins He's got her just in yellow but she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms that's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor When the blood it'll splatter against the wall No fear at all to kill them all There's always blood spilled when you head into a war Fearless, unleashed The fist of legend that the car jelly I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these There's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Walking to the tea house, spending for some action Drink a little wine, we getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we getting drunk and then we're fighting